And Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Jesus, for your anointing on every life here. I thank you, Jesus, for your authority on every life here. I thank you, Lord, that, that we don't just go through life wondering what the purpose is. But there is a very definite, clear call and purpose to our lives. For the people sitting at home, Lord Jesus, that can't be here, I pray, Holy Spirit, you'll do a deep work in their heart. Even now, as they're sitting in their homes, maybe with their eyes closed, Lord Jesus, you let them know that you see them, that you call them by name, that it's time to stand up and serve you with all their heart. I thank you, Jesus, for life in this church. Thank you for what you are doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, so good morning. We are, thank you, Mapola. We are in, um, in, in the Christian calendar. This is the, the week that we call Passion Week or Holy Week. And it's the last few um, days of Lent. And it's the week leading up to Jesus' crucifixion. So I want to take a quick overview of what this week is all about in the Christian calendar and, and, and then specifically look at what we can learn from this particular day in history because today is Palm Sunday. And hopefully, I will answer some incredibly hard questions that we have as we go through life. So as we, as we take a look at this, um, trust that this. What I have to say is hopefully helping bring life to the Scripture, but it's a Scripture that comes alive, and that's what you need to take to heart. So... This is a quick overview, and I realize I didn't put any slides up other than the scriptures, so if you're taking notes, you can write it down. Today, ooh, today is Palm Sunday, the day that Jesus began his trip into Jerusalem, and that's the, we're going to specifically speak about the lessons we can learn from today. On this day in history, people laid down their coats, and they cut down palm branches, and they ushered in the King of Israel, a victorious day. Then tomorrow is Holy Monday, and on this day, it's when Jesus cursed the fig tree, and then gentle Jesus, meek and mild, you know, like we see these pictures of him, and he's, you know, and then this same Jesus went into the temple, and he flipped over tables, and he created a whip, and he chased out the people, and he chased out the animals, and he wasn't as gentle as our minds might expect him to be in that situation. He had an incredible authority and passion for his, his church, his temple. Then we have Holy Tuesday. Um, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives with his disciples to pray. And it's really interesting. If you haven't read that, I encourage you to read that. How, how we bring our best efforts and it's still not good enough and we fail. And there's Jesus carrying the weight and authority so that he can give us the freedom that he wants us to live in. Then we have Holy Wednesday. This is the calm before the storm. This is the moment that it was kind of like, I can and imagine an eerie stillness when it came to the world. It's also called Spy Wednesday because Judas Iscariot was collecting silver to betray Jesus. So while the others were there trying their very best by failing, Judas was off spying. And then we have Monday Thursday as the, the, I think it's a European holiday, but the, we call it Thursday. It's Passover and Last Supper where Judas betrayed. That's when the betrayal happened and the day that Jesus Christ was arrested. Then we have Good Friday, which is, which we are all going to meet on Good Friday at Baggy's Beach at 6 o'clock, and I encourage you to be there. Bring your coffee, bring your hot cross buns, bring your family and your friend. It's really a good day of connecting. And if for some reason it's pouring with rain, we will just move it to here, but we will celebrate what God has to celebrate or what, what God uh, did for us on that day. Um, and I think to myself, it's called Good Friday, but if anything, it should be called Terrible Friday 
You know, like it's, it's really a somber moment in the Christian calendar. Um, yet there are various reasons why it's not called Terrible Friday or whatever it could be called. It's called Good Friday. It's good to remember what Jesus did for us on that day. It's good to remember. It's good to know that God Almighty loves us so sacrificially. Right now, whatever you're going through, I want to tell you, God has an absolutely sacrificial love for you. It's good to learn that no matter how dark things get, how dark things are right now, the best is yet to come. Wow. That's still... Um, the, the word good denotes a day or season observed as holy to the church. So Friday is a holy day. Um, and it's also good to know that Jesus, he, just, he didn't just die in vain. He died with purpose, on purpose. And because of his death, his burial, and his resurrection, we can have fullness of life. Um, good Friday wasn't an isolated event because Sunday is coming. Sunday is coming. The curtain has been torn from top to bottom. We have access to God. Tetelestai. It is finished. What Jesus did on the cross is absolutely outstanding. That's so quiet. Um, I believe that, I, I really believe that we only as Christians only appropriate a small portion of what the cross has achieved for us. You know, we think to ourselves, oh, the cross equals I can, you know, go through religious stuff, but then religious stuff, but then I have eternity in heaven. But what Jesus did on the cross wasn't just for heaven. It's that we can start living eternal life today. The full power of God today. Then we have Holy Saturday. Jesus was in the tomb. A dark moment for humanity. I can only imagine the anguish and confusion that Jesus' family and the disciples must have felt. This man that they had loved and served and given their lives and, you know, sacrificed everything. And all of a sudden, he's gone and he's buried. The world must have felt like that. Still. Then we have Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. The tomb is empty. God Almighty holds the keys. <laughs> Of life and death, you know. He is alive. He is risen. And he confirmed all he claimed to be. God Almighty. Emmanuel, God with us. Who death cannot hold because he is eternal. And he says that anybody who chooses to submit and surrender to him. To recognize the Lordship of Jesus. Will also walk in eternal life. Um, so. I want to look at a primary scripture from today and, and, and some really key lessons that we can learn from how the people handled Palm Sunday. Uh, if you've got your Bibles here, Matthew 21. Um, I'm reading from the NIV. If not, you can look at the screen. I think it's, there we go. It's on the screen. Remember this. It's a scripture that carries life. So let this carry life. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there, with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, so that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets. Say to daughter Zion, see, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt the foal of a donkey. This was a prophetic word from Zechariah 9 verse 9, saying that that's how Jesus would enter Jerusalem, how the king would enter Jerusalem. Verse 6, the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their coats on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. That's what happened on this day in history. 
The crowds went ahead of him, and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heavens. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. How would you feel if after church today you were like, You know what, I really feel like a chocolate. It'll be nice to have a chocolate. So you go to Checkers. And you, you buy chocolate and it's 10 rand and you give the cashier 100 rand and then they give you 10 rand change. All right? How would you feel? You would feel disappointed, frustrated, angry, confused, robbed, and rightfully so. Surely they made a mistake. Imagine, I pay for 10 rand for something, I expect my 90 rand change, they give you 10 rand change. Um, we would be frustrated. Why? Because this didn't line up with what we expect. What we expect is the right change when we buy something. Um, when you have a meeting at 10 o'clock and the person that you're having a meeting with arrives at 11 o'clock, how do we feel? Because we expect them to be on time and when they're not on time and our expectations are not met, what does it do to us? How do we feel? I mean, I don't really buy much online, but how do you feel if you buy something online and then when it arrives, it looks nothing like what they advertised in the picture? Um, and then, you know, what happens in your, you know, in, in life, we all have expectations. I expect my car to start when I turn it on. <laughs> it doesn't always go that way, but I expect, I expect the right change when I buy something. When I get home, I expect that when I get home, I don't find a whole bunch of strangers living in my house, right? <laughs> I expect that. We all expect various things. Yet what happens when life doesn't go as expected? What happens when relationships don't go as expected? When I'm a good steward and I sow faithfully and I'm good and I budget and I plan and I save and I tithe, but I still face tough times financially. What happens when I serve God faithfully but still get sick? What does this do to my theology? What does this do to our theology? What does this do to our faith and our view of God? Because we all face situations, and I want to say this, and I don't mean to be a, a prophesying doom. This is reality in life. We all face situations we don't want, we don't like, we can't explain, and we don't understand. I wish it was something different. You give your life to Jesus and everything's absolutely easy and perfect. But we all face situations we don't want, don't like, can't explain, and don't understand. So on this day... Right, which is Palm Sunday, around 2 million people had gathered around Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. And Passover was to remember a time that how the Israelites in Egypt, they were in a situation where they put the blood of a sacrifice over the door and, and God passed over them and spared their lives. And many of these people that were in this Passover celebration, they heard about Jesus because of the miracles he was doing and the life he was living. And then they also heard about Lazarus, a man who was dead for a few days. And all of a sudden was alive again, and he's with Jesus. So can you imagine, you know, that next week, guys, I just want to let you know, the expected God's going to be here with a guy that was dead for a few days to, to spend time with him. He'll be here. People wanted to see that. They were like, oh, no, we want to go see. And a little sidetrack, Colin mentioned at our prayer meeting on Tuesday night, Lazarus had very little faith to add to Jesus when he was raised from the dead. <laughs> he didn't have much to contribute to that situation. Anyway, so here are all these people with this expectation and they have this rich theology of prophetic expectation that God would come and take his place as the king and rule the world. 
and they knew it was coming, and they knew the Messiah was coming, and they knew the king was coming, that the Israelites would be exalted, and the Roman Empire would be brought to its knees, because that's the God that we serve, right? And the talk of the town is that Jesus, this man of miracles, is the king that they are expecting. He is the Messiah. And then he arrived, riding on a powerful stallion, wearing royal robes fit for a king, followed by a great procession of golden chariots and an invincible army to rule and reign. Oh, oh wait. That's not what he's doing. That's not how he arrived at all. He's wearing an old tunic. Riding on an unridden, yet still second-hand donkey, with possibly a fisherman's coat for a saddle. Not quite as triumphant as we'd expected. You know, we wanted something glorious. And then comes this guy wearing like old clothes on an old donkey. And that's it's a little disappointing, actually. Um, but if he's the one to bring the Roman Empire to its knees and put Israel back in power, if he's the king, then we will give him a king's welcome. And the people throw their coats down, and they throw branches down, and they give him the royal welcome as a king. And Jesus doesn't reject it. Why? Because he is the king. Just not how they expected. And as Jesus enters, the people shout, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Listen to this. The word Hosanna is an expression. It's a joyous expression which means save us or how's this? Save now. Save now. Yes, Jesus is here. But our praise has a deadline. We have certain expectations. And we've got a deadline to when this needs to happen. So Jesus, if you are the guy that needs to do what we need you to do, and we kind of got a deadline to when that praise is going to end. You see, we haven't got all day. Actually, our joy isn't even that you are here. It's that you are going to fix our problems. Right now, we're not looking for a spiritual savior to save us from our sins. We are looking for a self-serving savior to save us from our situation. And how often do we look at Jesus the same way? I'm looking for a self-serving, you know, Jesus there for me to save me from my situation. I need Jesus because I'm facing situations I don't like, and Jesus is good for that. A few days later, this Roman conqueror is now a Roman prisoner. And the crowd go from shouting, praise him, to crucify him. You did not meet my needs. Therefore, we don't need you. If you can't save us from our situation, then what's the point? What I expected and how I expected it to be haven't lined up. And therefore, I'll keep God at an arm's length. We have certain views of God and how life should pan out. And when it doesn't go as we want it to, how do we respond? A heavier word. Isaiah 55 verse 8 and 9 says this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. In the, old, in, the, in the Old Testament, in context, these people were in captivity. And God is speaking to these people who are going through an incredibly difficult situation, which I'm sure we've all been there. Life was really, really hard. And they were in a place they didn't want to be, and they didn't know how to get out of it. And God says, my ways are not your ways. And God's speaking to them, and he's saying this, I'm going to take you to a better place, but how you get there, you probably won't agree with, and you won't even understand. And God speaks to us and says, I want to take you to a better place, but the path getting there, you might not agree with. 
You might not understand it. You see, what the people shouting Hosanna expected was this, an immediate solution. I have problems now. I need solutions now. But Jesus is saying, oh, hold on, what I have in mind for you is, is far more significant. If anything, it's eternal. The people praised. The people's praise was hinged on their expectation and their situation. What God was doing was far deeper, far more spiritual. You see, um, we can also all fall into the trap. And I, I know, I know the traps we fall into. When life is good, God is good. And I will pray when life is bad. I don't want to say it, but God is bad, and it's much harder to praise. Yet we have the benefit of hindsight as believers. And we know that Palm Sunday is today, and we know that as we look to the cross right now, we're in the situation, and we look to the cross and we see that God is good. God is love. God came to save us from our sins. For everyone that believes, the best is yet to come. Your situations might be tough right now, but Sunday is coming. And he may not work how it suits us or when it suits us. Yet his ways are higher than our ways and he has our eternal destiny in mind. What we deserve, welcome to City Hill if it's your first time here, hell. We deserve hell. That's fair and just. Yet through the cross, heaven is our home. And therefore, when life gets hard, the best is yet to come. God is worthy of praise, not because life is great, but because God is great. He always was and always will be, no matter how hard, confusing, difficult, or challenging life may be, God is always good. And just to be clear, it's, it's easy when things are good to say that. And just to be clear, I do believe that God wants us to be healed. I'm not saying I grin and bear it. I believe God wants us to be healed. I believe God wants us to be healthy. I believe that God does want to bless us. He is a good father. He says throughout scripture, he wants to bless us. He wants us to live abundant lives. He wants us to be fruitful. And he even calls us to pray. He says, pray this prayer. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is there suffering in heaven? No. Is there sickness in heaven? No. Is there poverty in heaven? No. So we pray, your kingdom come, your be done on earth as it is in heaven, because it's not like that now. Because we go through things that we don't like. And when it's not, Lord, you are still good, you are still faithful, and you still love. And what we expect from God doesn't line up with our expectations. God is good and worthy of praise. And City Hill Church, we gather to praise God because he is good, but it doesn't mean that life is easy. In our primary text, people ask an incredibly important question that every one of us need to answer. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answer, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. And then their mob mentality, because they were caught up in the crowd, went from prophet, praise him, to prisoner, punish him. Oh, he didn't meet our needs. Expectations? Eh. So therefore, from Prophet to be praised, to prisoner to be punished. Just jump ship so quickly, depending on emotions and circumstances. Um, so, when you think of Jesus, what is, what is your expectation? Right now, you're going through life. You have certain expectations of what God should be doing for you. What is your answer to the question, who is Jesus? How do we view him when things go, don't go according to our plan? When I trust him for healing... And the person doesn't get better. 
what does that do to my view of God? So this week before Easter, there was a crowd who was asking, who is Jesus? And I put the question to you, who is Jesus to me? Who is Jesus to you? Uh, Jesus is my therapist. He had to help me with my problems. I'll keep him there. Jesus is my lucky charm. He had to give me good fortune. You know, when times are tough, I'll go to Jesus. When they're good, I'll give it a miss. Jesus is my vending machine. Jesus is my social justice advocate. Jesus is my good example. Jesus is my positive energy. Jesus is just a prophet. Was Jesus exactly who he says he is, even when I'm sick, even when there are wars, even when the wrong politicians are in power, even when the world is plagued by a pandemic, even when my children are sick, Jesus is Lord. Right? And when life doesn't go as expected, our response is this. I will pray and I will praise. Lord, I don't like this situation and it's very difficult and I don't want to be going through this and it's too painful. I will praise you because you are good. And I will pray because you hear me. On Tuesday night, Avril shared a testimony. I asked if she would share it now. And she said, nope. Um, standing in front of people. So I'm going to share. Avril, there was, she, there was an attempted smash and grab. Uh, was it last week? Um, last Wednesday. So people came to her car, tried to smash the window, get into the car. And, and, and for some reason, Avril had a sense of peace. She managed to get away from the situation without any harm. And I, and I think to myself, Christians, listen to this. This is, this is a kind of a key takeaway what I want to sh- share today. Christians and non-Christians will both face trials. The testimony doesn't come from how we avoid them, but how we respond to them. Right? So all of you in this life will face situations you don't want, don't expect, don't like, can't explain. It rattles your theology to some degree. But you say this, I will respond in faith because I know my God is good despite my circumstances. Testimonies don't come from avoiding unmet expectations. They come from how we respond to them. I had peace. Why? Because God lives. Because there's more to this life than just this life. Because even though it's difficult now, the best is yet to come. And even if I die, I live in victory. And I'm not trying to say let's settle for the worst. I'm trying to say that we need to hold on to God, good and bad. He's worthy of praise despite our circumstances. We don't want to be like the people laying down palm branches this week, celebrating Easter, and then life gets tough and Jesus is on the back burner. Testimonies are what we're all going to share because when tough times come our way, we hold on to God. Um, So, how do I respond to this? Um, Sometimes we face situations we think that shouldn't have happened in the first place. It doesn't seem fair. It isn't right. It hurts a lot. But in faith, I praise him. And I say this, Hosanna to the King of Kings. And when things aren't right and they don't go as expected, we have full access into the throne room of God. So he's not saying grin and bear it from a distance. He's saying, come into my presence. Let me be with you. Let me hold you. Let me carry you through that thing. Let me be with you. Let me sort it out. Let me go ahead of you. Let me bring about the victory. Ah, but Jesus, I need it to work like this. It might not work that like, like that. But I'm still working. I'm still there. When life doesn't go as planned, we continue to pray and we continue to praise. Because Jesus Christ is Lord and he is worthy. I don't understand why it's happening. But I put my faith in Jesus. And I know this. The best is yet to come. Sunday is coming. The king has arrived. I want to pray. Father, there is 
there is an, we all have expectations on how life should work out, how relationships should work out, how we think you should work, when you should work. But it doesn't always go as expected. And when it doesn't, Lord Jesus, we will be a church that says, my God is worthy of praise, and I will pray to him, not because life is good, but because God is good. I pray against the lie that the enemy would bring to say that God is not good. That these things are happening are are God instead of man's brokenness. I thank you that the church will be a lighthouse, a place of hope. Whatever we are going through now, Lord Jesus, no matter how hectic the storm may be, no matter how it rages, I thank you that we hold on to you. And we remember, Lord Jesus, that even when the world seems to be falling apart, you're resting on the boat because you are sovereign and in control. I pray for peace over your people. I thank you, Jesus. Even now, there's a divine exchange. As I prayed before, our pain, our problems, there will be a divine exchange for your peace. And even though the situation might not change when or how we want it to, you are worthy of praise and we will continue to pray. We sing Hosanna because you are our king. Not just our prophets, not just our counselor, but our Lord. Work in our hearts. Carry this word, Lord Jesus, deeper than a Sunday. May we exalt you, Lord Jesus, in every circumstance. At the same time, Lord, I believe real people connect best to real people. We don't want to be false and say everything's wonderful when it's not. But we seek counsel, we seek help, we get support from people that will point us to Jesus. Be exalted. Not just when our life is wonderful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you for being here. We have moved the coffee and tea inside because of the rain. Uh, To all those online, God bless you. Thank you for being us. Don't forget Friday, sunrise service, 6 o'clock, hot cross buns, coffee. Be there early. It's going to be amazing. If we are not there because of the rain, we will be here in the hall and we'll be trusting Jesus for an amazing day. God bless you, everybody. We'll see you on Tuesday night for prayer or uh, Friday morning. Have a wonderful week.